money. Let's talk money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Obviously, this is all about money. Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. (laughs) With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money. With Dave and Reb. From more than enough, real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Ooh, it's an exciting morning here <laughs> at uh, the studio, and more than enough, Reb's all revved up to go. And, I'm not uh, revved up. I'm oh, going to be sure. really nice today. Of course. Well, it's a, it's a big week. Uh, again, you know, we're into September. We're into all of the, the new schedule. I mean, for most of us, um, you know, as much as we celebrate the, the turning of the year in January, uh, for most of us, practically, the the change <laughs> happens right now uh, in September while we're getting new schedules and figuring out how the kids are working out. So, uh, welcome to the show. We're so glad that you joined us. We're so glad that you're going to spend a few minutes, grab your coffee, pull up to the table, turn up the radio. If you're driving your car, keep both hands on the wheel. And, uh, you know, just uh, by way of reference, remember, you can get the shows at morethanenough.ca and chri.ca. I'm sorry. I'm just laughing, laughing about it. telling people to keep their hands on the wheel. It strikes me as funny this morning. Well, there you go. I, I got to be laughing because the subject is a little, you know... Yeah. Provoking, I guess, maybe. I yeah, like know. I said, Reb's, Reb's revved up, so I, let's jump in. I'm going mean, to be really nice. Um, <sighs> we're, this month in September, we've been actually trying just to cover, in some ways, what's happening in our world since August, since the start of school. The uh, We all talk about it, the inflationary rate that's the highest in 39 years at 8.1 or something like that. Uh, Which, by the way, has softened a little bit, but it's all good. All right. It's softening. Uh, You know, some of us have seen, you know, now we're uh, at at the recording of the show. We're paying like $1.45 for gas. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we're all giving a cheer, which is really funny. Um, You know, lots of stuff going on. And a current article that, you know, uh, our coaches and our team has been reading um, lately is from CBC. And it. Is about Wait a minute. You can are you going to start with the article? Oh and, yeah. No, and no, not no. The oh, wait, no, I, mean, I have to give oh, the article okay. context to give the scripture. I, I better be quiet. Okay. Just, you know. So, so it's about this um Canadians turning to their credit cards mm. and financial stress. So mm-hmm. there's financial stress or mortgage payments for some of us are going up, all of that. It feels like food is doubled, blah blah blah. We all know that. So I was thinking about the verses about debt because Dave's always saying I never have scripture verses that actually deal with money. So we're going to be like a a resounding, um, repetitive commentary today because the one verse in scripture that um, I'm going to read is something Dave Ramsey says all the time. And he Mm-hmm. If you don't know who Dave Ramsey is, don't Google him. Google Dave <laughs> for more than enough because you'll get the same message yes, in, in but, this way. Dave but Ramsey. from the, hey, I, it's the, it's actually God who says this to us through uh-huh. the book of Proverbs. So I'm going to read a bunch of verses from Proverbs six. And if you get convicted and want to turn the radio off, that's up to you. But, <laughs> um, I can't because I do the show. So my son, if you've put up security for your neighbor, If you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you have been trapped by what you said, 
ensnared by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, to free yourself. Since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands, go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. And now allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. Now, what are you freeing yourself from? It's the debt you have um, committed yourself to, Mm -hmm. which goes back to the first verse. If you've put security for your neighbor, if you made a loan, co-signed, done all that, um, dare I say the word co-sign. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, get... No sleep. Run as fast as you can from debt and pay it off. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Now, how dare I read all of these verses in a time when the inflation's going up and people are struggling financially? I, you know, these aren't easy verses, and the things that we're discovering and learning about ourselves, Dave, aren't easy. But God gives us a principle to live by just run from debt as fast as you can. And what we're reading in the articles this last few weeks is Canadians are going to debt more and more and more because they can't make ends meet. And we've had these conversations around our dinner table, much to the chagrin of our children. No, we've had these conversations for the last you know, 10 years, know. Uh, you know, uh, again, inside the, 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 the offices are more than enough, but inside our own personal lives. Uh, and, and, right. you know, the, uh, I love what you said and I, and I'm going to highlight that, that, you know, again, these are principles that the Lord gives us for living so that we, we, we can essentially live stress-free, not only debt-free, but stress-free. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the scripture and the writer and the heart of God is, is that, that we will live, uh, and, and move throughout this, um, I'm going to say life, uh, because that's, we're talking about all life, uh, you know, in terms of the different stages of life. And, and the Lord gives us these principles. Um, sometimes we think of them as commands. Sometimes we think, ah, you know, it's, it's another thing that the Lord is saying to do, but they are for our, our good. They, right. they are for our good. And so for, for us to take hold of that and say, okay, um, hard pill to swallow, especially in this t- season where, you know, that, that passage, you know, go to the ant and, and, you know, look at them and say, you know, they work hard and they don't really take their commands from anybody else. They just know what to do. And in a lot of ways in our current context, we, you know, the principle or the, you know, it's really simple. Make more than you spend every month. That's what, that's what we need to do. And I think this is what the writer is kind of referencing. He's saying it's, it's not really that complicated. Even back then, it wasn't right. really that complicated. The idea here is, is if you're in debt, get out of debt as quickly as you possibly can because it's a burden, because it will trap you, because uh, th- there's, there, there's stress associated mm-hmm. with being burdened by the weight of debt. And guess what? Um, you know, do whatever it takes. 
Well, and I'm sure, Dave, that some people might be listening and think, well, that this is really encouraging. Thanks for bringing me hope and freedom. (laughs) I just feel more shame because I've co-signed or I'm helping my kids or I've, you know, just got into debt up to my wazoo because I couldn't make my mortgage payment last month. Like, I... I can't even, like, I don't even know who's listening, but I don't even know what financial state anybody's in. Every Mm. single person has a different financial journey and story and gets there for different reasons. Mm. And you, if you've listened to us long enough, you know that we've tried to create a space for no judgment, no shame. You are where you are. Let's move forward and make a plan. And let's bring that plan. Let's bring God into that plan. Let's trust God to walk us through these days. Mm-hmm. And that message is the same. And that's where the hope is. You know, that's Christ is our hope. He says, you know, don't let money control you, basically, in Hebrews 13. You know, but I've told it, I, I keep going back to these verses. For I've told you, you know, don't covet. For I've told you, I will never leave you or forsake mm-hmm. you. And then we can say, you know, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? Mm-hmm. So, If you don't know what to do, and today you've woken up and the stress is on you, Mm. you know, consider these verses, consider the ant, Um, think about a deer running for its life, but also consider Hebrews 13 when he says, the Lord is my helper, what can man do to me? You know, he is your helper. And today we have today and we say, Lord, I give you today. I give you my bank accounts today. There's stress. How am I going to pay all this off? Start giving it to the Lord and see how he answers you. And that's the simplest of answers we have, but we are not here to bring shame, but Mm. we do want to bring context because if you are one who's just blaming the inflationary rate and interest rates right now for where you're at financially, Take a deep breath. I think I think that's a really good word uh, because, you know, one of the things just in terms of where are we putting our energy and our thoughts and our, our, are we doing it in the context? And, and it's really easy to do uh, is to, to start blaming the government or to start blaming, you know, expecting, you know, forces out there to somehow kind of magically make all of my stress go away. And I think what the writer in Proverbs is saying is, is that, no, we, we actually can take the cue from the ant who says, I'm just going to go to work and I'm going to get done what needs to get done in the simplest form of that. And I think the, the, the other verses you mentioned and, and we know is, is that then, then for however that God is in that and he begins to bring us to the places where maybe there's opportunity or, you know, you show the extra diligence at work and all of a sudden you're seeing that you're getting a raise and you're like, wow, I could have never expected that. But, but I, I did the thing that I knew I needed to do instead mm-hmm. of just waiting and complaining. Well, the other verse that comes to mind, because I'm thinking of all the hospital workers, nurses, doctors, I'm thinking of, um, you know, the mortgage industry is slowing down a little bit, but you've been running your tail off for a couple of years, you know, and, and in this time, um, when we're tired out, we're vulnerable, we're emotional, and we still have to take care of our finances. You know, what do we do with verses that I've just read, like mm-hmm. Proverbs 6 that says, get out as quickly as you can, but we're very tired. And mm-hmm. and I can say that there's another verse that Dave and I have read, and we a lot of us in the church Christian community know, they that wait upon the Lord mm-hmm. will renew their strength. 
and they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. Mm. And, you know, we take these verses and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we almost turn our brains off and our hearts. But if we actually say, Lord, I am really tired. I'm tired of the financial stress. I'm tired of the bills. You know, where are we going? Are we going, are we just saying I'm tired and then we go watch Netflix or we go eat another bucket of ice cream or whatever it is. <laughs> go shopping. Um, or go shopping yeah. or, you know, scroll through Pinterest or, you know, whatever our thing is. Or are we actually, you know, going and sitting and just crying if we have to, just going to sleep if we have to, you know, taking worship music and putting that on. I know these are really simplistic things, but I think this is so important that we mm. go to the Lord in this season because because I I hear the the shame coming through the airways. Oh, I just feel shame because I'm trying to help my kids. And that's actually what we want to talk about this morning, specifically about our generation. Right. Because we're between the ages of what are the ages? 46 and 55. Right. We are in yep. that age range. And they're calling us the sandwich generation. And there's a lot of pressure on every generation, mm -hmm. but it's specifically us right now because we're trying to take care of, you know, aging parents kids maybe in university in our case we had one get married this year mm -hmm. their expenses you know you thought our young kids are expensive expensive and then you get into the older kids and you want to help and then they want to buy a home i was listening to a financial post um um interview with a financial educator in the toronto area and they found they had she's gave the statistic that um parents are stressed mm. because of they're sandwiched between parenting, yep. um, parenting their, their adult kids or younger kids and then taking care of their parents. But they the kids also want to buy a house. And then we get this narrative, which, you know, you have a lot to say about is, well, my kids want to buy a house. So I'm going to gift them money through RRSPs or I'm going to take a loan off against my house. And the average gift of a parent in the Toronto area for their children's home is $130,000. Mm -hmm. Yep. I know our kids aren't getting that. Like, I'm just saying it on the air. You're not <laughs> no getting... No to that. self, kids. No to uh, self. You're not getting $130,000 for me, so you can buy a house. I so, and, and I mean, it's an interesting... Like, there's a whole lot of stuff there, right? Because, again, when we think about the, the North American dream, if I can say it like that, right? So, you know, as parents, and we're just going to look at this from the sandwich generation and where we're at, and, and, and then really saying, okay, how you know... This is what's going on and identifying what's going on, but also then how do we turn to make some different decisions mm -hmm. because different decisions yeah. need to be made, right? Right. And, and this is a, again, goes back to the proverb that says, you know, a fool sees that a decision needs to be made and doesn't make the decision. And a wise man sees the same thing, makes a change and is better for it. That's the, Dave's translation. Yeah. Because right? isn't it actually where it say sees disaster coming? Yes. Is it, yeah. Yes. We see disaster coming and then change how we're behaving. And, I, and the fool does not. And, well, and that's, right. Anyways, and, you, know, you, you can go look at that. We're not calling up anybody and, fools. That's but, between. But the, the key here is this, so you've got, you know, the kids go to school, then they, they graduate from high school, and then, you know, relatively immediately, they're offered debt, 
to to go to university mm-hmm. or post secondary education. So so the offer is is always on the table. Grade twelve, the conversation happens inside the school. Well, you're going to go to university. Let's apply for OSAP or and 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 let's do that. So they travel through. And again, um, you know, when I think of education, it is an investment. It's something that we invest in so that we can get a return. And that return, again, is a job, is it, 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 mm-hmm. it's income, it's expertise, it's a career. However, you, you know, when we invest money into our education. So, you know, parents helping their kids maybe through that education. I, I have this conversation every week with a parent that is like, how do I help my, my kid as they're going through? Because they can't really do their education on the money, the borrowed money that mm-hmm. they're getting. And I'm like, no, that's correct. They need to invest some something of their own right. into their own education. And so for us as parents, maybe there's a different choice there to say, okay, you're going to take two years. Because now it used to be you could have one gap year, you could work, you could save up some money, and then you could you could go to university and 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 work through. Well, maybe that's not the reality anymore because education is so expensive. Right. So you know, and and again, I can hear already, and I, I hear this, you know. <laughs> but then, if my kids don't go to school for two years, they probably will never go to school, and they'll miss. And 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 it's like, well, wait a minute. I mean. Not true. So, so here, I'm going to interject with something yeah. we call in 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 uh, coaching limiting beliefs. Correct. I think one of the biggest keys we can leave sandwich generation people with this morning is look at what you're thinking and saying, and is it you know instead of calling it a lie, it may or may not be a lie, but it might be a limiting belief that's an obstacle. So what if? Your child did take a year or two off and worked, and it actually inspired them, and they got more ideas. So our we talked to our son-in-law about this because mm-hmm. he went. He was told he needed to go to university, so he went to university, went to journalism school, which is actually the degree I have. I love journalism school. He didn't. A year and a half in, he's done. And he said to me this weekend, he said, the pressure we feel to pick a career right out of high school is crazy. And then he still has debt from those years. He, he didn't want to do it. And now a number of years in after working, he's thinking, oh, this is what I want to do. So there, and, I, and I just want to like that. The again, the the demographic has changed. Uh, I've heard it eight to ten different career changes. Yeah, right. Our from the the, yes. the twenty to to forty five year right. old, and, and so not, you're going. You know, it's not like fifty or a hundred years ago where you might have one or two careers. You know, even our generation has multiple iterations of what the career right. looks like, um, and now it's becoming less and less normal that you have one career that you are in for 30, 40, 50 years, right? Like right. that, that is becoming less and less the norm. And so this is one of those changes we can pick on is saying, so if that's the case and I'm going to spend $50,000 investing in one career when, you know, statistically I'm likely going to have two or three careers. Well, Let's talk about that a little bit and, and, and live in that reality of that I maybe need to make different choices. Maybe I, I don't go into debt as much for the one career. Uh, again, these are some of the things that, that we were 
Rev and I are hopefully just stirring the 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 creative pot to to get you thinking. Wait a minute, there there is a different. Um, I'm going to say a different environment than the North American dream, which, you know, right. we're still trying right. to kind of plug our kids into or plug the next generation into. And that next generation's going, no, I don't think so in themselves. And so how do we respond to that? And how do we minimize the amount of, of again, debt or weight that we're carrying? How do we manage that? And, and again, if for us in the sandwich generations, we're talking about that this morning, there's there's those conversations having with with the younger generation and and in a sense facing the reality of there's only the limited cash available so I, and you guys like we get it we get the mm. stress that you're feeling we cuz we're in it we have five kids we have a house we have mortgage payment that has increased we're in discussions and Honestly, the last couple of weeks, Dave and I have been so tired, we haven't been discussing. And that doesn't go well oh, in our finances, well. <laughs> you know, because his motorcycle, like, that's a privileged thing to have. They needed a new battery, 150 bucks. I said to him this morning, how are we paying for that? So, you, I want you to know we get it. We, we are living this as well, and we understand the stress, but we still know we have principles. So what we're trying to encourage you in today is get aware. Financial awareness creates empowerment. You guys... You've heard us say it a million times. Face your finances. We would say that even if you're, we have a tendency to blame government or institutions for not doing enough in this season to help the communities around us, we also have to own what we own. Have you yeah. been aware of your financial journey? Have you been seeing this coming? Have, have you been listening to your mortgage guy or your banking lender saying it's going to get harder? The, these, these inflation, these interest rates have been held low for years and, and they're going to go up. I mean, Dave has been saying that. We've heard mortgage brokers around us saying that to people. And have you been listening? So it's not a shameful thing to actually say, you know what? I haven't been listening. And I need to get my house in order. And that's what we want to encourage you to do. Don't look for someone to blame. Like Dave said, put all that energy into what can I do and what kind of change needs to be made? What limiting beliefs am I believing that are keeping my kids from flourishing? Because maybe a year to work in between university is great. Maybe you start teaching them how to save money instead of just spending it on stuff. Yeah. And, and, and again, my, my encouragement and prayer is, is that the, these conversations are, um, are in the context of, of looking forward and productivity. Uh, again, um, you know, as we, we do this as a couple, you know, this can be a, a, a coming together and saying, okay, so what are we going to, what decisions are we going to make for our family? What are we going to make for right. our family? And, and I'm, you know, we may have to make some tough decisions. We may have been really looking forward to that, um, you know, holiday that we haven't been able to take during COVID. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, that now we're okay. We can, we can start planning and looking forward to that. And then realizing that, well, with the increased cost and things, I can't do both. We can't do it all. Yeah. And that's, that's a really difficult thing to realize in and of yourself, but as a conversation, with your spouse and with your family that that's there's an amped up right it's really difficult and i can say that as a guy it's really difficult for me to, to say no to my girls 
you know, <laughs> it is. Especially hard, the one that drives right? the motorcycle. So, so I say, okay, well, you know, um, you know, we'll figure it out. Well, again, that increases pressure and figuring out cannot be putting it on the credit card, right? And um, I love, you gave that illustration a few weeks ago, like, and we've been driving in a six lane highway for a while. And now we're on a mountain pass and we've got guardrails to drive within. I just, that's just mm-hmm. not left to me. And um, I was thinking about, you know, recovery. Sometimes our finances need recovery. And um, and what will, will that take to build up the emergency cushions again? What will that take in this time of year when we j- we're just, you know, the question I guess is, are you and I, Dave, just living like we've been living a year ago or two years ago? You know, are, are you as listeners, what are you doing? How are you looking at your finances? Um, are you just casting blame? And a lot of it is because there's fear underneath the blame, right? We, we cast the, because we're afraid we can't do the trips. We're afraid we won't be able to meet our mortgage payments because that and that's a a concern when you are wondering whether you can meet the payments because Canadians are in trouble we read that statistic um um, you said that the average Canadian has $21,000 in consumer Mm -hmm. debt but then my question to you was but isn't that the same number from a couple of years ago so while we're hearing a lot about debt and Canadians according to Equifax are going to debt more often now. And again, the context of the article that we just read, which, yeah. which drives me a little bit nuts with the media, is, is that was just in Q2 of this year, right? So quarter two, which is the second quarter of, of this year. Which is year, summer, basically. Right? Oh, well, yeah. spring, spring, right? Because we're spring, Q3 right. is summer, right? So so looking at that and saying, okay, these numbers have increased in that quarter. And, and is that compared to the fact that we know over COVID – Canadian families actually did save money and they right, did they build did. up their yes, emergency cushions. Yes. And, and, and part of it's interesting and we all have a few minutes left to, to, to kind of dig into that. But, you know, we read and this is maybe where, where we want to land it is, is, is we, we hear the news, the media, that we read these articles and, um, they seem to be the language in them is maybe extreme or, um, gives the impression that that there's this massive thing happening and um i want to say yes we we can take the caution the warning we've been saying this the warning Mm -hmm. that as interest rates are going to rise canadians are going to have to change their spending habits we're here now like this is this is what we've been talking to about for the last 10 years we're here now are we done well we hope we're done for 2022 in terms of interest rate rises Mm -hmm. and and hopefully that's controlled inflation and all of those things. You know, we're going to see those effects over the next quarter. But if we look at this over the long term, if we look at this over, you know, the real question is, is what can I do now to make sure that I'm living on less than I make? And that that's maybe some tough decisions. And it may not look the same as um, as it looked Last year, the year before, pre-COVID, whenever, like, it may not look the same. So I thank you, Lord, for all that you are teaching us in this season. Lord, thank you that we can trust you and that you are um, showing us and revealing your principles to us about how to take care of our home financially, our families, our 
our um, individual lives. Lord, we just grateful for how you're directing. Mm. Please continue. Help us listen and act on what we know is good and true and lovely. In Jesus' name. Mm. And, you know, remember, I said we may have to make a change, but God has not changed. He is still on his mm-hmm. throne. He will give you the wisdom that you need to navigate these times. That I am sure of. So, um, yeah. well, I guess join us next week, right? <laughs> on that note. We're going to talk money again. <laughs> Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.